Hello, and welcome to The Advantage Investor, a Raymond James Limited podcast, a podcast that provides perspective for Canadian investors who want to remain knowledgeable, informed, and focused on long-term success. We are recording this on October the 27th, 2022. I am Chris Cooksey from the Raymond James Corporate Communications and Marketing Department, and today I'm looking forward to catching up with my colleagues, uh, Nadim and Ellis. Um, Ellis is uh, Pfeiffer, is the fixed income strategist located in Memphis, and Nadim, of course, head of investment strategy, uh, Nadim Kassam, located here in Toronto. In this episode, we're going to review the third quarter, look ahead to the rest of the year. Uh, welcome back to the Advantage Investor, Ellis and Nadim. Thanks for taking the time today. Hope you're both well today. Doing good. Thank you for asking. Doing great, to be- great to be here. Good to hear. Good to hear. Well, gentlemen, we are approaching All Hallows Eve, and uh, maybe that's uh, good we're having this conversation. I'm thinking words like scary, spooky, maybe appropriate to uh, frame the discussion. And really, I'm hoping you will help us peer through the darkness and see a little light. Uh, so uh, no pressure. Uh, <laughs> let's start with the uh, volatility. Uh, and maybe, Ellis, we'll start with you. Um, you know, what's causing it? And on behalf of everyone, will it end soon? <laughs> Well, I wish I could say it. Uh, I knew it would end soon. Um, things have obviously uh, settled down a little bit of uh, the last few days. Uh, in the last few days, you know, a few days doesn't make a trend. Um, but, you know, the market is kind of pricing in some expected lower volatility. You know, the, we've seen a, a decline in the VIX index uh, on the equity side. We've seen a decline in the um, uh, swaps, implied swaps and volatility on the bond side. Uh, so, you know, there is, there is that. Um, you know, we've the volatility has been caused by so many issues and we've had geopolitical issues. We've had uh, earnings obviously have hit us and, and it's been kind of a, a, Nadim could talk much more about that than I can, but earnings has been uh, causing some volatility uh, as well as, you know, just fear of, you know, the, the fed fear of more inflation, fear of all those things. Um, and so that's, that's, that's kind of what's, what's hurt us so far uh, and caused all this movement uh, but uh, I think it's, I think things are looking up a little bit from here. From here. Excellent. And Nadim, you know, everyone always uh, d- dislikes the volatility on the way down. They love it on the way up, but they don't like it necessarily on the way down. So what can you add? Yeah, look, we've been, we've been uh, trying to prepare clients for this and we've been labeling um, kind of all the uncertainties um, as the wall of worries, if you will. And that list has just been, you know, again, growing um, as the days have been passing. So whether it's recession fears, inflation, again, as Ellis talked about, EPS or earnings, if we're looking at the latest quarter, um, you know, again, they haven't been, they've held in better than most would have expected. But again, you're seeing signs of weakness um, and you're seeing it selectively. Uh, we saw it in, with Meta. We saw it with the large, some of the large cap tech, again, with global exposure. You know, they, they, they are hinting at, you know, weaker growth, that strong dollar is having an impact when, you know, again, companies that are situated in the U.S. and report in the U.S. Um, and in U.S. dollars in particular, when they have to repatriate those cat, like those, those earnings, revenues, what have you, back to the U.S. dollar, it has an impact, right? Especially on a year-over-year basis, we're getting Amazon out today and Apple. And so, look, I, I think um, the trend is lower for a lot of these large cap companies. So again, that's where a lot of people have been hiding, if you will, over the last several years and, um, you know, kind of holding the ship um, kind of um, kind of in balance, if you will. But we've seen a lot of selling, again, a lot of volatility outside of the big caps. Um, and so hopefully we, we, we get some basing here in terms of equity markets and, and things start moving up. But 
We definitely think that uh, earnings, uh, geopolitics, uh, midterms, again, lots of lots of things to be worried about. So we'll see how things transpire uh, in the coming months. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, one of the bigger boogeymen, or I guess I'll say boogeymen, uh, is the uh, central banks. Um, maybe they're pulling that mask off a bit now. Bank of Canada raised 50 basis points, I think an expectation of 75 yesterday. So um, what's your take on that, Ellis? Well, I think the, um, the 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 Fed and the BOC are seeing that they are doing what they they wanted to do, and that's um, slow the economy down. We, we're we're certainly seeing that. I mean, today's GDP was uh, U.S. GDP anyway was uh, stronger than expected. Yet there's a lot of uh, weakness in the underlying data, and so you know the the Fed's uh, last one of their biggest latest comments was you know we're going to see more pain, um, and they've been promising it for a while, and and they're 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 holding to it. Uh, and right now they've, they've been very aggressive and, you know, there's been some media attention on, uh, you know, the possibility of those guys uh, beginning to um, uh, the word that'll be used a lot is pivot. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they will be pivoting. That, that means a change of direction. You think about a basketball player, when they pivot, they tend to go in a different direction, but the, um, uh, the fed will pause um, and, and the bank of Canada will pause. I mean, and right now the, the uh, fed is still, more aggressive than the BOC and, and uh, is continue is expected to continue to be so as well. Um, inflation has been higher here. So we've been, you know, we've, right. we've seen the burnt of it. Now, Nadim, you and I did uh, a webinar yesterday and we, we took questions and we, we had a lot of questions around inflation and bank of Canada. So any more color you can add there? Yeah. Before that, I would just wanted to talk about just what I said earlier in terms of earnings. We just had Amazon report earnings, Weaker shares are down about 17% in the pre-market. This is breaking so, news, Nadim. This is breaking news coming oh. straight to you from the Advantage Investor. So this is this is kind of the trend of it, right? And and we did a piece earlier, I, I think in the summer, that talked about kind of dot-com versus dot-com 2.0 or the sell-off and the environment that we're seeing in this, you know, so far in this year. Again, there's there's pressures on earnings and, and the last names standing are, are probably going to take it on the chin. So... That aside, uh, back to your question on Bank of Canada. Look, I think um, we all knew that um, on a relative basis uh, to the the U.S. Fed, um, just given um, household fundamentals here in Canada, um, there are greater risks from higher rates and a higher sensitivity to higher rates in Canada versus the U.S., which went to through a, an entire deleveraging type of fiasco following the, the great financial crisis. So, you know, again, they're trying to now um, balance the risk of over and, and or under tightening, if you will. Um, I think this is probably the right call, but again, not a pivot. And I think markets are, you know, they traded higher and, and they're looking, they're grasping at air here, right? Um but I think again, we, you know, one of the things that we've mentioned historically, um, with with our in conversations with clients, is that look, don't take our word for it. Take the Bank of Canada's word for it. They have said, and it's on record, that interest rates, from the time that they are changed, don't actually flow down to the real economy for anywhere between eighteen and twenty-four months. So we're, we still haven't seen the real impact of. Uh, you know, the March hike. So again, I think that there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. I think that they're trying to use the lagging indicators that they're looking at uh, the forward indicators that are trustworthy to, to kind of 
gauge uh, whether enough has been done, just given that inflation will take time to come down, just given how late they were to um, kind of tighten policy. So, yeah, I think I think we're seeing, you know, something similar and we'll probably start seeing something similar in the U.S. Uh, Ellis can kind of um, add some more commentary. But again, not not definitely not a pivot. I, I don't think there's justification for a pivot. So, okay. um, yeah. In terms of GDP, Ellis, uh, in the U.S., it rose for the first time in 2022 during Q3. Um, you know, the big question, everyone keeps talking recession, recession. Of course, we know that we won't know we were in a recession for a few months until uh, we're told by the by the appropriate people that we were in a recession. But, um, you know, is the technical recession over? And uh, can we can we expect a bull market? Uh, it's a great Great question, because we are we are in a, a very strange location. I mean, it's it's not like uh, three years of uh, strange times are, are going to end all of a sudden. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, as we went to into two consecutive quarters of negative GDP in the U.S., uh, my argument was yes. You know, if you want to define it as as a recession as that, then yes, we're in one. Um, if you want to try to decide whether we're going to be declared in one, which, uh, as you mentioned, is going to be way after the fact. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think we would, I don't think we're going to be declared to be, have been in a recession in that time. And that will actually be the first time we've had two negative quarters that did not result in a recession. Um, I think it's coming. Uh, I think, you know, cause we, we've still got to see, uh, employment decline. You know, we saw some of that this morning. We saw continuing claims in the U S increasing. Uh, there's a, a pretty big spread between, you know, the, the unemployment rate type data, you know, the household data and the establishment data, which is non-farm payrolls data. Um, you know, the non-farm payrolls data tends to count people twice. So there's right now there's a lot more people working two jobs than there have right. been for a while. So, you know, but, but you can still get a job. I mean, there's still help wanted signs everywhere. So, that, you know, that, that part is still good, but, but there are, there are definitely signs of, of slowing down. I mean, some of the production numbers this morning, you know, the, um, not the production numbers, but the uh, capital goods and uh, you know, those type numbers are, are weak, uh, weaker today. They're still they're still growing. I won't say they're weak, but they're they're weaker than expected and, and a big decline from from last month. So, um, you know, the Fed, as we we said the last time we were on uh, together, the Fed is tightening and the VOC is tightening into a slowing economy, and, and that never ends well. Right. Right. Um, so we're still seeing a little bit of light out there, but still a lot of darkness is really uh, is really what we're at, I guess. Eh? Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean, you know, when it, and when it does, when I mean it doesn't end well, it doesn't mean well as a recession. I mean, you know, the um, as far as you know, rates, things like that, you know, that's a whole different question. But uh, and I know we, we'll probably talk about that a little bit. I'll just I'll just wait for that. How about that? Yeah, fair enough. Now, Nadim, currently through midway, uh, you know, through Q three earnings season in the U.S. Uh, you know, just had the uh, breaking news announcement. Uh, and now, uh, so, you know, what's your take so far? And uh, maybe some Q3 earnings look out, uh, outlook for Toronto and the TSX. Yeah, so, uh, you know, again, I think just given the lag effect of of, of kind of a lot of the, the tightening that we've seen in terms of rates and kind of the fiscal pullback, et cetera, we haven't really seen the impact to the real economy and, and then to consumers, corporations, and, 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 and as a result, earnings. Um, we are seeing kind of guidance a bit weaker. We're seeing, again, tech sector taking it on the chin across the board uh, for the most part. Um, and I, I think we're, 
what we're expecting is that you know earnings will will continue to to weaken uh, going forward, and we're seeing kind of forward expectations come in. So for next year, um, not necessarily for the the upcoming quarters, but again, I think when we get into you know Q4, Q1. We typically, typically Q4, we start getting kind of guidance for the next year. And and I think they're they're going to be probably weaker than than most are hoping for. So I, I think we've seen, again, we've seen a mixed bag so far um, and things that are, again, maybe trading at a level that they shouldn't be or, and if they're the last one standing, like Amazon, like Amazon, I had a call with the client today. I said, look, this is going lower um and and you know uh, I I looked at my crystal ball by the way before I made that comment and <laughs> and look here we go but again it's there's there's factors at play that we've seen pan out um across so far within earnings season I will say in terms of as as we look at the TSX again there's you know there's still some areas to hide for those that want to hide there are plenty of areas to invest, and there are again areas that um, um, that are are kind of generating earnings that are a bit more stable through the cycle and have um, kind of less risk to the downside. But again, I think I think it's going to be a mixed bag here in Canada. Uh, I think the more cyclical sectors are probably going to take it on the chin in terms of earnings revision. So you know, energy has already seen a lot of downside in terms of revisions, um, but again, they're starting from a high. Um, there's, there's, there's again, areas that, um, you know, investors need to be more mindful of industrials, infotech are, are just trading at very elevated valuations in the U S, um, as well as in Canada. So again, I think it's earnings are going to be one thing. They're not going to tell the full story again. They're backward looking. They're actually a lagging indicator in terms of our recessionary checklist. But I think in the quarters coming, um, you know, as we move into 2023, I think we'll see the real impacts of earnings um, in in fundamentals. Okay. Now, your world, Ellis, the bond market, uh, most North American, and obviously don't need to tell you this, but for the listeners, global aggregate bond indices uh, indices have uh, followed equities downwards this year. Um, so maybe just why is that? If you can help us and uh, understand that, and um, obviously help us see a little light, and hopefully this is. Uh, at least even in and out at some point in the near future. Oh, sure. You know, the, the biggest uh, problem for the bond market has been inflation. I mean, that, that, that has been it. Um, now, you know, there's a common misconception that bond markets and stock markets move in the opposite direction, which, you know, when you think about earnings and discounting earnings at, at you know, at some sort of interest rate, lower interest rates mean, you know, larger uh, valuations. And and that's one of the reasons you've seen the, the tech sector and the, the very high growth Industries uh, get hit so hard on the equity side is because of the higher uh, higher inflation causing higher interest rates, and so I think the um, you know we, we so we've been there um, the next few months and, and Canada is very similar uh, in the next few months we've got um, uh, inflation numbers from last year that uh, we this this point last year we're seeing a pretty steady increase and a pretty sharp increase. Uh, in inflation. So the numbers are going to be harder to beat, meaning inflation numbers will be less likely to exceed to the high side. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's going to have some impact on the bond market. I think that's one of the reasons the bond market is is, is, is rallying a bit here, um, as well as seeing a lot of the, the slower uh, issues for the economy. So, you know, we like um, interest rates. Um, you know, we've been talking about 
buying on our way up. And, and sometimes that can feel painful. It's like buying stocks on the way down, right? You, right. you, you know, you, you know, you should do it, <laughs> you know, at times there's sometimes you shouldn't, but there's sometimes you should on both ends. And, and it's, you know, it, people will be amply rewarded because when the fed stops and they will stop, they will pause uh, and likely stop. Um, you can talk, call it a recession. And let's say even if, even if North America doesn't go into recession, the fed will stop. Um, you know, if they somehow get a soft landing, which I, I don't believe will happen. Um, and then when that happens, interest rates are uh, normally peak, uh, and they peak anywhere from four months until right up until the fed stops raising rates, uh, or, or central bank stop raising rates. So, um, you know, we think that that'll, that'll do pretty well, uh, interest rates, uh, dur- uh duration, uh, we like securities that have, um, optionality in them, which we call, we would call maybe a yield enhancement type security mortgages, uh, callable agencies, things like that, because the risk reward uh, has shifted dramatically in the bond market this year. Um, early part of the year, you got really low interest rates and a lot of volatility in your potential price movement with with small changes in interest rates. Now it takes a larger change in interest rates uh, to get uh, to get the same thing, and you get higher higher yields. So the uh, it's shifted towards you know beneficial for the for the uh, purchase purchaser the investor. So. Um, yeah, we think, uh, we think it's, you know, the, the last half of the year is going to be a pretty good year for, uh, the bond market. So when clients are calling you're, you're, you're a little more positive than you were, uh, earlier in the year uh, on the bond market. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, and so like in terms of, uh, opportunity, someone wants to put money to work, is there any specific area you're thinking or, or, or more, I guess, more importantly in these conditions, is there anywhere to avoid at this stage of the game? Um, I like, well, if avoiding is, I'd probably, I'm a little bit uh, less uh, enthusiastic about the corporate market at this point. Okay. Um, you know, we've, we've suggest, suggested more of a, a decline in, in, in credit risk, uh, simply for the reason that we believe we're heading into recession. And we know a lot of that, you know, has been priced in. Um, and you could get a pretty strong rally in credit at some point in here. But, you know, as some of that kind of, if, as we get closer to recession, we think that could be a little bit tenuous. Um, you know, those, those securities with callable type, you know, optionality in them. Uh, we do like those a lot because they can, they can do really well. I don't want to get too, too overemphasized in them. You know, one of those includes mortgages um, right. and, and, you know, interest rates have to fall a pretty good bit for people to start refining and, and increasing that cash flow, increasing those returns. Um, beyond that uh, interest rates, um, you know, from a, from a standpoint of, Treasury interest rates, uh, Canadian interest rates. We, you know, we like the longer end of the curve. Most people don't want to go out past ten years. Um, we would suggest buying whatever you know, kind of hit your risk limit uh, on on duration. Uh, right. Most people are five to seven type uh, buyers. Excellent. Now, Nadim, uh, much like a haunted house, nowhere to hide in the equity markets mm-hmm. uh, over the course of the year. Um, each room you walk into, there's something that's going to spook you. So, uh, what are you recommending to investors right now? Um, you know, you know, in our view, I think for short-term investors, again, put your money in cash and, and kind of call it quits. But for investors that are, 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 are long-term oriented and at least have a three to five year time horizon, I think, you know, the TSX stocks across the TSX, broadly speaking, even the S and P 500, there's, there's a lot of opportunity. So um, in, you know, if we think about it from a cap size, we, we, we definitely like mid caps um, in, in the U S a lot more than large caps. So if you think about kind of the large, 
you know, um, you know, widely owned names. Those are names that have kind of held in. They're seeing a slow bleed in terms of earnings and they're just priced for perfection. And a lot of people own them and they've been hiding there. But again, that's where we see the greatest valuation risk and, and probably um, some downside to earnings risk there too, right? So that while they've, they've worked out really well longer term in terms of the risk reward, we see mid caps as being probably the most attractive we've seen in the last 20 years. Um, they're trading below the 10th percentile. So again, there's an opportunity there. There's a compelling risk reward. I think investors can be quite uh, selective, even in the large cap space where we've seen, you know, baby with the bathwater type of movements, um, especially within, you know, kind of really quality, high quality names. Um, in, you know, in Canada, I think the market is more or less, we, we, we looked at kind of, um, you know, where the TSX has traded during historical recessions in the last 20 years. And then we looked at, um, you know, kind of how uh, valuations have contracted or changed more recently. And, you know, I think we're getting pretty close to um, where we've traded historically. There is still some more downside in terms of the trough um, levels, in terms of valuations. But we've seen, again, um, you know, a lot of lot price, lot, a lot of negativity already priced in, right? And so, I think what we've been suggesting to clients is just to be very selective and to be very thoughtful of where you put capital. So, you know, again, good, durable, solid businesses um, that that are benefiting and that will have, you know, durability of earnings through the cycle, right? So that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to see a slowdown in earnings, but Rather, they'll see less pressure from, again, the downside in, um, you know, kind of the, the cyclical evolution of the economy towards a recession and then just or end or even a, a very slow period. Right. So in terms of where we're seeing, you know, on the TSX, um, you know, relatively strong earnings re revisions, all else equal um, over the last three months includes consumer staples, communication services. Uh, financials, infotech, where we're seeing downside revisions. It's a, it's it's an energy surprise, surprise materials, um, and in healthcare, that's mostly pot stocks. Um, and in terms of where we're seeing relatively good value relative to kind of, you know, valuations, um, you know, energy still looks relatively compelling in terms of, you know, how things have been, you know, priced in. We're seeing. You know, historically speaking, believe it or not, infotech, we've seen multiples kind of contract um, through past um, cycles by about 11 turns on PE. It's actually contracted by 27. So, again, that's an oh. area that, you know, we saw kind of go up very quickly. And now everyone is just running away from that sector. So we're going to be coming out with a piece um, on the first of this month, uh, first of November, that will kind of outline where we're seeing kind of the best opportunity, where where markets have really priced in a lot and where we think that there's less downside risk, not to mean no downside risk, right? So again, that could be a, an area or a, or, or, a, or a means to kind of identify areas to invest. But I guess um, if you have a three to five year time horizon, then it, it's again, I wouldn't be adverse to looking at good quality cyclical businesses um, that are trading at reasonable valuations with a bias towards quality oriented franchises, right? So keep that in mind. I know that's a lot. It's pretty high level, but we go into a lot more detail in a lot of the reports that we publish. And so for those of those of you that are listening, um, navigate over to RaymondJames.ca or follow me on LinkedIn. 
um, and, and you'll be able to get an idea of kind of in particular what, what areas we're, we like. Safe to say, though, we're still waiting for capitulation in the large caps as uh, get all those, uh, those investors that get scared and, and, and help us uh, see the bottom. I think we're, we're starting to see the washout in the U.S., right? I think uh, there's only, you know, the fangs were, you know, a few of the names that were, were standing tall um, early in this year. And, and we saw, you know, the internals, the mid, you know, the smaller cap, more longer duration type of tech stocks kind of take it on the chin. You know, t- the reason why I'm emphasizing tech is that that was – uh, a pretty strong representation of, or high representation, close to 30% of the S&P 500. But typically speaking, I, I think that um, depending on what sector you're looking at, um, that one being the kind of the most overly priced along with uh, communication um, services and con- communication uh, con D, if you will. Um, I think that, you know, we're starting, we're seeing that. We're seeing kind of that washout phase. It doesn't happen overnight. It's like a slow grind down. Um, there's bottoming. Uh, and then again, I think that's where investors should be kind of, you know, watching earnings, watching kind of the, the environment. And then again, this is not going to be in my view. I don't know what Ellis's thoughts are on this, but again, if it's not a pivot, like we saw in 2018, 2019, t- at the end of that tightening cycle where everything kind of ripped higher. Um, if we're not going to see anything like that, then this is like, a, again, it's, it's, it's a it's a slow bleed down and it's like a basing effect and then probably um, you know um, a slow bleed or, or a slow move higher right so I, I don't think anyone should be in a rush to jump in but I think being thoughtful being kind of tactical adding you know dollar cost averaging again these are very simple terms few people can actually execute it because their emotions get in the way. But sometimes it's just like marking something in the calendar and saying, look, I'm going to go in the market and I'm going to allocate 10% of my cash. And then next month, do the same thing. And and again, following very simple strategies, you can dollar cost average in without the emotional kind of biases and, and actually come out on top. So, All right. Now, I guess, too, the most important thing is America's pastime, the World Series come in. I read recently, uh, every time the Phillies win, the economy is not good afterwards. So we're in a bit of a moral dilemma here. You cheer for the likable Phillies or the unlikable Astros. Uh, so I guess uh, I guess um, I'll do what I can and, and cheer for the Astros on this. I, I have thing. A, I have an Astros jersey. Uh, I don't have a <laughs> Phillies, so I think um, just just for you know safe face when I'm watching the game, uh, the series, I'm going to be wearing that. Um, again, I oh, also good. have a, I have a Blue Jays jersey too, so you know I don't know if that means anything. Yeah. I lived in uh, I lived in Houston for a long time, and actually my my first name because my father went by Houston, so my first name is Houston. So okay. what can, what can I say? Yeah, right. it gives us We're gives all us about the economy. Yeah. There's all this, right, let's do it. Houston. <laughs> That's right. We don't have a problem. Let's go. Uh, Ellison Adim, uh, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts and insights with the Advantage Investor listeners. I hope you all join us again next quarter. These are always very informative. So I uh, appreciate your time. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Subscribe to the Advantage Investor on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please contact your advisor with any questions you have. On behalf of Raymond James and the Advantage Investor Podcast, thank you for taking the time to listen today. Until next time, stay well.
This podcast is for informational purposes only. Statistics and factual data and other information are from sources Raymond James Limited believes to be reliable, but their accuracy cannot be guaranteed. Information is furnished on the basis and understanding that Raymond James Limited is to be under no liability whatsoever in respect thereof. It is provided as a general source of information and should not be construed as an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any product and should not be considered tax advice. Raymond James advisors are not tax advisors and we recommend that clients seek independent advice from a professional advisor on tax related matters. Securities related products and services are offered through Raymond James Limited, member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Insurance products and services are offered through Raymond James Financial Planning Limited, which is not a member of Canadian Investor Protection Fund.